Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is not the typical sound of the Arizona Republic podcast studio. And neither is this. And that's because this is the Barrett Jackson Auto Auction in Scottsdale. Everywhere you look, cars, car collectibles, car merchandise, car modifiers, and of course, self-proclaimed car people, yeah? Forever. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer your questions about Metro Phoenix and beyond. I'm producer Amanda Luberto, and today I'll be exploring the vehicular extravaganza that just wrapped up, and it's over 50 years in the desert. Before Barrett-Jackson was one of the Valley's biggest events of the year, it was a showcase between two car buffs. Tom Barrett and Russ Jackson met in the early 1960s. The Jackson family had just moved from Pontiac, Michigan, and the Barrett family from a suburb of Chicago. According to a post on the ClassicCars.com journal by Larry Edsall, Tom Barrett was looking to sell his 1933 Cadillac V16 town car. Russ Jackson saw the advertisement, and he came by to look at the car. He didn't end up buying it, but the two struck up a friendship connecting over old cars. In 1967, the two held a car show and parade in Scottsdale called Fiesta de los Autos Elegantes. The money that was raised from the showcase helped buy books for the community's library that was currently under construction. After that, the money went to Scottsdale's new art center. By 1971, the exhibition came to an end, and after visiting an auction in Indiana, the two friends decided to host one of their own. This marked the very first Barrett-Jackson car auction. Still held in Scottsdale, the event started with 75 cars from their own collections, in addition to 75 more from other collectors. Famously, the first auction centered on two cars from Barrett's collection, a pair of Mercedes-Benz 770 Phaetons, built for the Third Reich and all of its leaders. This drew a lot of attention, as you can imagine, and the auction was televised on CBS, drawing a national interest for years to come. As the show grew, it moved to its current home of Westworld in Scottsdale. The multi-purpose space is used for the auction, horse shows, and other large-scale events. And this year, Westworld hosted over 1,800 cars at the Barrett-Jackson auction. Now, I don't know how many cars your garage fits, but that's a touch more than mine can. So I went to find someone selling one of these 1,800-plus cars. But is this your car that you're selling here? Yeah, this row here. This one? The row. What's on the auction block? And how much can you expect to go home with if you sell one? And that's when I found John Goines. He's selling just a few items this year. A 17 Super Snake. 
uh, 17 Bentley Mosane, an 06 Rolls Royce that belonged to Dean Martin, and an 07 Ferrari 430, a 69 Camaro Custom, a 94 Shelby Mustang with 52 miles on it, and a 69 Custom Camaro. In total, he was selling nine cars this year. As he told me, this is not his first rodeo. John has been in custom car sales for 40 years. He works as an inventory manager with Marshall Goldman Motor Sales in Cleveland, Ohio. They specialize in exotic and luxury pre-owned vehicles. And with all of the cars he brought, he came to Scottsdale looking to make a pretty penny. If you add up all nine of them, should be 1.4 million. This is John's 12th year at Barrett-Jackson. He told me that they skipped last year because of COVID, stating that it just wasn't worth making the trip and expenses and transportation, but that they were excited to be back. As people poked around his cherry red sports car that we were all standing in front of, I asked him about years past. He said that the most expensive sale was back in 2015 when a 918 Porsche went for $1.6 million. Not too shabby. I asked if he ever sold something, hoping it would have gone for a little more than the highest bidder was willing to offer. Of course, but you know what? That's why you don't bring one or two cars. You bring a dozen. And at the end of the day, you throw everything in a pot. Did you make money or not? But what if you don't have a dozen cars, but you're interested in selling something you think has value anyway? His advice is to sell now because the market, in his words, is on fire. And when you're looking to add a few more cars to the arsenal, John implies that you don't have to be a millionaire to get started. I could get into the car hobby for 30 grand. Visit all your local car shows, your local cruise-ins. There's always a car for sale. But start with 20 grand. How did you start? I started with 1,500 bucks in 1986. By the end of summer, I got a letter from the state of Ohio saying one more car I needed a dealer's license. I did nine cars in 12 weeks. How old were you? I was 17. Quite the entrepreneur. When I asked John who he thought might be most likely to buy the car we were all looking at, he pointed right at Christian Flory. Now, it was Christian's first year at the Barrett-Jackson auction. He's from the Dallas area, but he's been interested in cars for a long time. He specifies European cars because he's originally European himself. What we're standing in front of is a 2007 Ferrari 430 in bright red. To the untrained eye like myself, it sort of looks like a human-sized Hot Wheel. Or similar to Cameron's dad's car in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Though people around me were pretty quick to correct me that Cameron's dad drove a Ferrari 250 GT, but you get the idea. John told me that some people drive the cars he sells them, but some put them in a glass room. Again, similar to Cameron's dad. I told Christian to be careful if he ends up buying it, just to be safe. What'd I do? You killed the car. While it was Christian's first year looking to buy a car at the Barrett-Jackson auction, for some people, they've been doing this a while like Diane Kuntz, who I saw with her husband circling a Nassau Blue 1965 Corvette Stingray. It's a convertible with white leather interior, a teak wood steering wheel, and it's grabbing their attention. 
We met back in um, 1973. We both had Carvettes. 1973, and we've been restoring cars, mainly Carvettes, Chevelles, Camaros. We're just you know Chevy people. Since then, and I've just the only reason we walked this car is we are redoing a car almost identical. It's not quite. So it'll be interesting to see what it goes for. They're car restoration people, and cars bonded them together. As she tells me about the car, Diane fact-checks herself with her husband on the other side of the car. Well, the 396 was the first year, right, Walt? First year of this motor made, so which makes the car rare. This is a teakwood wheel right here, which makes it unique. No AC. Um, 425 horsepower, side pipes, real cool. I don't know if these, he can tell you. Walter, these are original knockoffs or not? He can tell you. No, these are reproduction knockoffs. Uh, I will tell you the original ones go far. Now we're talking about this wheel right here, right? Go far, probably around 5,000 apiece. She clarifies that she's not talking about the tires, just the wheels. Suddenly, I feel like I won't complain about the price of replacing a tire in the middle of a hot Arizona summer after that. Diane and Walter are members of the National Corvette Restorer Society, or NCRS. They get their cars certified, and even though they could be considered collectibles, they like to drive them around. When the weather is appropriate, we'll drive it every weekend, you know, to put miles on it. That's a good thing. You got to keep them running, you know. We're big NCRS members. We take our cars and get them certified. That means that they're original cars, original to the motor and all the detailing of the car. And, you know, some people like the modifieds, which is great, but we're, we're original people. Getting the Corvette certified makes it worth more money to a collector when they eventually want to sell it. They live in St. Louis, but Diane has been coming for 20, maybe 25 years, she says. They've bought cars at the Barrett-Jackson auction before, and when I asked what the most they've spent on a car here... Oh my gosh, you can't say that. <laughs> Her advice to first-time buyers is to really do your research and to talk with the owners. Looking at the fine details and getting a better sense of the car as a whole can be a real difference maker. But you don't have to be a car buyer or even a car seller to really enjoy your time at Barrett-Jackson. Many of the car companies have newer cars at the auction just to showcase, to show people new innovations and how their car can stand out in the new year. There are also things for your home garage. In the outdoor tents, I watched a robot arm weld metal together, piece of automation that you can have in your home. Back inside, the collectibles auction was happening. Metal signs of all sizes, gas pump globes, vintage fuel signs, auto clocks, and other mementos of motor car history are called automobilia. Yes, that's automobile and memorabilia combined. And it can sell for a lot. I sat with Mark Green and his friend Pat to watch a little bit of the Automobilia auction. How long have you guys been sitting here? 
I don't know how long we've been sitting here, a couple hours, two hours? About two hours. If you're looking for something more than a sign, but a car isn't your thing, Barrett-Jackson also has other motor vehicles available to view. Things like motorcycles and... So we have the Bell 505, which is a short light single aircraft. So um, our very powerful aircraft that we are selling. When Mary Madeline Comey says a short light single aircraft, what she's talking about is a helicopter. So we can think of the 505 as a workhorse aircraft that can be used for utility, it can be used for corporate use. Um, a lot of our customers like to use it on getting from A to B, whether it's business or travel or whatever they need. Mary Madeline is a sales representative for Bell, which is a company out of Texas. She says the helicopters can be used for personal or company use. With all of these high-end products and people visiting from all over the world, what is the result for the city of Scottsdale? In a virtual press conference, son of Russ Jackson and the current CEO of the company, Craig Jackson, touched on the connection between the auction and the city. Ever since we moved to Scottsdale, Herb Drinkwater first proclaimed it Barrett-Jackson Week. The mayor of Scottsdale just proclaimed it Barrett-Jackson Month. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I'm very honored by that. Uh, we are one of the largest economic impacts to the city of Scottsdale because most of the gate isn't local. Now think of that. It's phenomenal. You it's know phenomenal. That. And according to Scottsdale's tourism development manager, Steve Gigoma, he's correct. In a phone call, Steve told me that the auction essentially makes the month of January for the city. In the last economic report back in 2016, Barrett-Jackson had a direct fiscal impact of $1.5 million. And that's just in primary revenues. In secondary revenues, Steve told me the impact is closer to $2.3 million. The event spends over $300,000 in advertising and can be counted to fill four to 5,000 hotel rooms each year, according to Steve. Now they're just starting to understand the impact of Airbnbs and other short-term rental properties, but he assures me that the financial influence from Barrett-Jackson on Scottsdale allows them to extend their spring season into January. Craig Jackson agrees that this relationship is symbiotic. Hotels are full, Airbnbs are full, and the restaurant tours, and that's what really helps our community and everybody coming in and having fun. That's what everybody wants to get back to, and we want to do it in a safe manner. In response to the most recent rise in COVID-19 cases, the auction capped the amount of tickets sold for each day. They did not mandate masks, nor require proof of vaccination. When asked what his favorite memory was with his parents in the early days of Barrett-Jackson, Craig shared a story about restoring Adela Hay. It came in literally a container from Europe, disassembled. Uh, for any of those you know how a classic car is built with the wood frame, somebody tore it apart and didn't know how to put it back together. So it came as a bare frame, engine disassembled, transmission, all the wood out of the car and the skins just laying there. And I'm like, what did you buy? <laughs> and he goes, I know you have the talent to put it together. And uh, I built it, it won 100 points at the Grand Classic, took it on the full show, show circuit. And then it sat there for a few years. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it now? Uh, I decided to sell it. And it brought $900,000 our first year here at Westworld. 
which was a phenomenal point in my history. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Valley 101. If you have any questions about Metro Phoenix, please submit them to our podcast by visiting valley101.azcentral.com. If you're a fan of the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support it by subscribing to azcentral.com. The team at azcentral.com is excited to also bring you a brand new podcast about the science of life and where it's taking us. The Lab is available wherever you get your shows. I'm producer Amanda Liberto. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week.